When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey. You know, talking about a good kid, it makes it easy to root for. He's a solid young man. I really like him a lot. Judd Zolgad. You know, Uh-oh. that's a shame. <laughs> but... Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right, 1500 ESPN vet line. Let's just, let's do like two more minutes on this. Uh, Skolny emails the show. No discussion of problems with the show is complete. By the way, it's not just limited to the show. It's like the whole station. You're like the people on the station. Correct. Um, no discussion with problems with the show is complete without including every time Mackie goes into his Glenn Quagmire voice. All right. I think I do that very often, but it's pretty good. I love Quagmire. Giggity giggity. I'm a big Quagmire fan. Uh, Kevin says, rant, when Judd asks a guest a question and then answers the question, uh, period, or uh, I guess he means answers the the question question before the guest answers it. That's justified. I like that one. That's good. That's that's really justified. Oh man. Six five one six four six eight two five five. All right, Mike, you're on fifteen hundred vent line. Okay, first of all, I'll do the the obligatory preface. I listen to you guys every day. But when I heard I had a free ticket to rip <laughs> I, this is Phil a mistake Mackey, by us. Number one, the okay. fact you think Rocky Four is a legitimately good movie. Oh, thanks for calling, Mike. We'll just uh I didn't hang up on him. I'm just kidding. I put him on hold. Go ahead. Number two, the fact that you passionately watch wrestling and care about it. Number three, I know you're behind the 12-year-old girl bumper music. You just make Harrigan play it. Number four, you can't help but talk over people constantly. Radio 101 hand signals. Number five, Judges if gave me somebody a hand does a small sample size of anything good, you are, Berrios is the next Cy Young. Dave Harrigan. Oh, it's, oh, this isn't just confined to one. Okay. No, ahead. no, no, no. Dave Harrigan. Bring it. The fact that he plays Phil Mackey's 12-year-old girl bumper music. God, I wish you knew the story behind that. I really wish you did. Number two, he cries if 10 seconds of any of his segments get cut by anything. That's because they're the best thing on the show. Judd Zelgat. <laughs> yes! Why is Absolutely his list only nothing. two, by the way? Absolutely nothing. I love everything about Judd Zelgat. Have you seen his did hair? We go, did we go to school together? <laughs> I don't have a brother, so it can't be my brother. Are you financing these calls? Are you a Benil right now? Also... Two other quick things. I love that the guy who answers your phone doesn't want to know your life story. Thank you very much. He doesn't like people. <laughs> and the last of all, I know Randy is your Carl Gerbschmidt. Before you guys get canceled, and I hope you don't, can you let us know 
who he is. I don't know who the the other guy you mentioned is. Oh, <laughs> is he you? Before you get canceled, seems like you know something that we don't. So, care to fill us in? Well, I listen to you every day, so hopefully you don't get canceled. All right, find my guys. We're gonna cancel. As George Harrison said, "All things must pass." (laughs) Judd's a character. (laughs) I've got to be something. (laughs) Mike loves you. Is Mike your cousin? Or that's what I'm wondering. No, I don't. I your uncle. I. The only thing I could deduct is that Mike. I either went to Benelda or Saint Teresa in Deep Haven with me. Because uh, I have no but wouldn't, idea. Wouldn't those people possibly hate you too? That's true. Actually, you know what? That's a very good point. <laughs> That's a really good point. Uh, to Mike's point, we did just get an email uh, from the boss boys. Mm-hmm. I, it's up to you if you want to go ahead and do with the directive he just gave us. Um, I, I mean, we could blame the bumps on Phil. Mm-hmm. We could just go with the truth. I'm looking for the email. Simply says you can throw me under the bus for the bumps. Me meaning oh, we didn't the get boss, it. the I program director, Brad Lane. I didn't get it. No, he didn't. So he if you want to me. I think we should have Mike and Brad duke this out on the air, back and forth. Maybe later in the show, or maybe not. I love, maybe that would just be terrible. I love the fact that there's a perception that it's it's actually your iPod. I, I, I got to be honest. It might be totally unfair, but it I love might, that. It might as well be... For probably half, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> a, I went to a Demi Lovato concert like a month ago. Now it was it was a gift for my girlfriend, but let's just say that one of us may have enjoyed it even more than the other. <laughs> There's a lot of different gifts you could have given. You chose that one. Oh man. So, anyways, um, Demi Lovato concert. I have a question about this Dwayne Casey firing that just took place for you. We've been talking about this off the air a little bit during commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. Basically, so so he was the coach of the year. It's the second time he's been fired in a circumstance where it just doesn't make sense to fire him. If you go back to the Timberwolves 20-20 and 20 season with Ricky Davis as the second best player on the team. And then they've never been right. They fired Dwayne Casey. They've never been as good as they were until finally last year. Um, is it just that, like, no matter what you do, you're going to get beat by LeBron and you're going to get fired? Is that yeah. the Eastern Conference? Yes. So... Congratulations, you just built up a 55-59 win team in the regular season, and you're fired because you can't beat the greatest player of this generation. And if he goes back to Cleveland next year and uh, and the Raptors and Cavs meet in the playoffs again, guess what? LeBron's going to beat them. The, the parallel I, I can think of is this would be, and, and the Raptors don't have as good of players, but this would be uh, Jerry Sloan being fired by the Jazz. Because they couldn't, because they got to the finals and couldn't get past Jordan or something like that, mm-hmm. or they couldn't get past the uh, Lakers and, and Magic for quite a while. It, it it makes no sense to me. The statement from I don't get it from Toronto. Uh, After careful consideration, we've decided this is a very difficult but necessary step the franchise must take as a team. We are constantly trying to grow and improve in order to get to the next level. We celebrate everything Dwayne has done for the organization. We thank him. We wish him nothing but the best in the future. He was instrumental in creating the identity and culture of who we are as a team, and we are so proud of that. Like, if Brad Stevens gets beat in five games by LeBron, should he be on the hot seat? No. Well, he's got a built-in excuse, which is my two best players are out. Sure, but let's say but still. But let's say that, that LeBron uh, stays in Cleveland through the rest of his career, and he plays five more years. So three years from now, the Celtics are about to play the Cavs again, and LeBron is still great, and they lose. Should Brad Stevens be fired then? Absolutely not. It's just Toronto spent 
last year basically saying, okay, we're, we're going to change a bunch of stuff to win more. And then during the course of this season, they won more. And now they're saying, well, because we couldn't get past the Cavaliers, mm-hmm. it's Casey's fault. Well, Dwayne Casey's a good coach. Dwayne Casey changed things which he was asked to change. If Dwayne Casey had said, if the GM had come to Dwayne Casey last spring and said, you got to make changes, and Casey said, absolutely not. We're not changing the thing. And he gets fired. I completely get that. But this looks to me to just be a frustration move. And is this going to up the, the talent on the Raptors? No. It's also worth noting if if the if the Raptors deemed a coaching change necessary after being the best team in the Eastern Conference in the regular season, and then that's like you ran into LeBron. Tom Thibodeau, I think it would be much more warranted for Glenn Taylor to put Tom Thibodeau on a hot seat than for Toronto to put Dwayne Casey on a hot seat. So that's something to just keep in mind. If well, you know, well, and you're going to run into the Rockets. Okay, well, like someone just got fired for running into LeBron James three times. And to and to your point too, uh, Tibbs is immediately trying to build a team that I think he's telling Taylor we can compete right now. So if you play, let's just play this out a little bit. Let's say that the, that Butler stays healthy all n- next year and the Wolves get a three or four seed, and so they get a first round series that they can win. And they win that series, and now you get Houston in the second round, and you get bounced again. So at that point, do you say, well, Tibbs, you're gone because you couldn't get past Houston for two consecutive years? Well, I, w- I would say absolutely. So like, Right, that's, but that's, that's, that's like on the table for sure. Sure, sure. But, yeah. but, my, but my point is the Wolves are trying to build a team that they deem to be immediately competitive for a title. Like they're not trying to say, well, we're, we're still three years out. They're trying to put together a product – but I can guarantee you, if they play the Houston Rockets or Golden State Warriors in the 2018-19 playoffs, they're not going to beat them. They're yeah, lose it's just them. such an interesting, unless there's more behind the scenes that we don't know about. But, you know, there's something about Dwayne Casey where even if he's having success, he just he, he gets put on these hot seats that I don't think other coaches would. Or I, I don't know, like the Wolves, when the, when the Wolves fired him, they went in the tank the second half. Oh, they hired Randy like, Whitman, He helped right? prop up. There was KG and just a bunch of misfits and backups, and they were 20 and 20, and he got fired. Yeah. So And this is even worse because he's coach of the year, and they had such a great regular season, well, and, and they've been good for five can, years. And, and he clearly has a talent to develop players, <clears throat> which would be nice in some places. So it's true. Uh, let's give away some prizes next. We'll take callers 4 and 5 to 651-646-8255. Actually, we're going to take five callers. We're going to jam the phone lines here. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. We're going to play Steal the Loot when we come back, which means even if you're not one of these five, you might still have a chance to win, so stay by your phone. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd now continue. Just press play. On 1500 ESPN. Game Show Friday! It is Game Show Friday with Mackie and Judd. Here are your hosts, Phil Mackie and Judd Zolgad. Hey, hey. hey. Crowd's sort of tepid today. They're not very enthusiastic. What's wrong with them? Clearly, they've been listening. It's not fry yay for everybody, just us. <laughs> this edition of Game Show Friday <laughs> is sponsored by Chris Lindahl, the number one Remax results team in America. And we have several prizes to give away, and we'll explain how all this is going to work. We've got Tom and Matt and Jeff and Seth and Don, and maybe even more, just depending on how this goes. We have a pair of tickets for this weekend. Uh, tomorrow, 
Minnesota United FC against San Jose. Tickets must be picked up at the station by 5 o'clock today. So just swing by during your lunch break or after work, whatever. Uh, we have MLB The Show for PlayStation 4. Den of Thieves Blu-ray Combo Pack starring Gerard Butler and a copy of The Pact by UFC fighter Corey Garbrandt. Uh, it's about his upbringing, his friendship with a young fan, cancer, uh, a young fan with cancer. It's not like a story about cancer, but you, you I get, get your it. point. Anyways, so those are the prizes. We also have like t-shirts and things like that to give away. Dave Harrigan, what game are we going to play today? Well, 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 Tom, Matt, Jeff, Seth, Don, and possibly others get ready for a very special and exciting edition of Steal the Loot Sports Current Events. All right. Sports Current Events, Steal the Loot. We're going to give away a prize to whoever gets the fourth question right and whoever gets the seventh question right. So we're going to give away multiple prizes in Steal the Loot today. So we got Tom, Matt, Jeff, Seth, and Don. We're going to get Tom on the line first. Tom, what's going on? Hey, how you doing, guys? We're doing all right. Outstanding. Uh, you're going to have to get four correct to win a prize. Are you feeling confident? All right. Shouldn't be a problem. All right. General sports knowledge. And by the way, as callers drop off, that means phone lines open. So 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. And it's possible that Tom could do a bunch of the work, get to question four, get it wrong, and then Matt comes in. He steals the loot. Here's question number one. How many runs scored as a result of Brian Dozier's home run last night? Uh, good question here. Of course it was. Three seconds. I'm going to say three. Yes! All right. Tom is on the board. Question number two. Is Tiger Woods over par, under par, or even right now at the players? He's over par. And we're off. I, I did check this like three minutes ago. So he so it was that was incorrect. Okay. All right. All right, let's go to Matt here. What's going on, Matt? Matt are you there? Yep, here. All right. Tiger over, under, or even right now? I go under. That is correct, yes. And just to make sure, I just don't want to be because it's changing. Yeah, he is. He's minus one right now. But it's like an, it's a real time question. So if oh, you yeah. were to like double yeah. bogey then... as, as live as what we call it. All right, Matt. So uh, you're two questions away from winning something. Whoever gets question four and seven correct, those are our winners in Steal the Loot today. Here's question number three. Name one active and non-injured player on each of the four teams still alive in the NBA playoffs right now. James Harden, Steph Curry, LeBron James, and... Uh, Three three seconds. Two. Olenek, is he on the... (laughs) No. No. I don't even know who he is. He's not on the Celtics anymore. All right, Jeff. Welcome to Steal the Loot. Tatum from the Celtics. Can you... You got to name one from all the teams just to make it official. Oh, Harden, Tatum... Um, Curry and LeBron. There it is. There it is. I was getting nervous for, for Jeff there. Thought All right, Jeff. St- thought you'd stumble on the Cavs. <laughs> okay, Jeff. Where is Game One of the NHL's Eastern Conference Finals being played tonight? Oh gosh. Three seconds. Um, 
to Washington. Wow, this is this is for a prize here, by the way. This is for a prize. Who do we got? Seth. What's going on, Seth? Nothing. How about you? Not too much. Where's game one of the Eastern Conference Finals tonight, Seth? Tampa Bay. All right. Nice Seth, work. in true Steal the Loot fashion, has stolen phase one. Came of in the there loot. and got the garbage goal right there, Seth. Nice work. We'll put Seth on hold there and uh, hopefully not drop him. So here's how it works. We have three questions left. Whoever gets the third one correct here is going to be uh, the second winner of our game show today. Let's go to Don on line five. What's going on, Don? Not too much. It's working. All right. We're going to make you work for the prize here. you got to get three correct. You ready? Okay. How many games do the Twins trail behind the Indians in the American League Central right now? Uh, One game. Let's go to Brent. Brent, you're on Steal the Loot. How many games do the Twins trail the Indians by right now in the AL Central? Go two. Greg, welcome to Steal the Loot. 651-646-8255, by the way, if you want to fill the remaining lines. 877-615-1500. Greg, how many games back are the Twins from the Indians right now? Greg? Greg, you there? Yes. Greg, how many games back are the Twins from the Indians? I would say they're even. I disagree. Chad, you're on Steal the Loot. It's not a debate. Uh, One and a half. There we go. All right, yes. One and a half is correct. All right, two questions. Two questions left. All right, Chad, what is the only team in MLB yet to reach 10 wins this season? Or who is the only team in Major League Baseball yet to reach 10 wins this season? Uh, White Sox? Yes. Nice work. All right, this is for a prize. Whether it's Chad or somebody else, whoever gets this question correct is our second winner on Steal the Loot today. Who does Minnesota United play tomorrow at TCF Bank Stadium? They play... Uh, I, I'm i out. I don't know. Very honest. You didn't even try to look it up. I feel like if people were paying attention, then they should know this. Uh, Mike, you're on Steal the Loot. Who does Minnesota United play tomorrow? And he just hung up. <laughs> he knew he didn't. He's know. like, I have no idea. All right, let's try Dan. What's up, Dan? Hey, what's up, guys? Is it San Jose? San Jose is correct, Dan. Way to go, Dan. It's very timely. Way to go. Congratulations. Uh, do you want to deliver a Wolves take while you're on? No, my, my Wolves takes are pretty much carbon copy of yours, Mackie, which I'm a shame because I originally I originally gave you a lot of grief for saying that Danilo Gallinari was better than Wiggins, and now I think I might have actually agreed with you on that. So I'm, yeah. I'm still still pretty ashamed. So. Okay, well, sometimes you know my takes take a freshen while up to warm the takes up and too. come back next week, Dan. That's what you we'll, can do. We'll put Dan on hold here. Uh, congratulations to our winners, Dan and Seth. You have stolen the loot. I like the guy that just hung up. Didn't even take a guess on the San Jose Earthquakes. Just eliminated himself. Just decided he had held long <laughs> enough and had no clue. Chris Singleton, talking twins when we come back. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Wow, the suspense. <laughs> this is a cliffhanger. Mackie and Judd. Cliffhanger. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. Oh, well, that just makes my nipples hurt. <laughs> 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 yeah. On 1500 ESPN. 
Mackie and Judd are talking twins now with former player turned ESPN baseball analyst Chris Singleton. All right, Mackie and Judd, Friday from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Uh, Doogie with a scoop session in about an hour from now. But uh, let's get our guy Chris Singleton on here from ESPN's various platforms, ESPN Radio Broadcast. You can find him. What's going on, Singy? What's up, bud? I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Just got in late last night. Uh, big series this weekend. Diamondbacks and Nationals out here. So hmm. got out here a little bit early and get adjusted to the dry heat. Make sure I stay <laughs> hydrated all that good stuff. Maybe go hike Camelback Mountain. Nice. Tomorrow morning or Sunday morning, I'll have to tweet you a pic Love if it. I do it, Lo- if I do it. Yes, no, you should do it. My dad lives out uh, in the Phoenix area. He, my dad and I, were ta- we always just talk baseball for like 20 minutes. about. Like, he watches the Twins games on, on the MLB package, and then he goes, what's going on with Paul Goldschmidt? And I'm like, I haven't really been following. What is, like, he's amazing, right? And he goes, no, he's hitting like a buck 90. He's up over 200 right now. But it is kind of weird to see Paul Goldschmidt, this hitting robot for like six years, uh, off to a really slow start this year. Do we know why? Uh, no, I don't know why. I hope to find out this weekend. I mean, this guy, there's no question you're in and you're out. I mean, he's an MVP candidate. I mean, a top five, many times top three in the National League. Um, so no telling. I think the, the really positive is that the Diamondbacks are comfortably in first place uh, without him you know, carrying the team. And plus, they've had some other injuries as well under their starting pitching. And uh, yeah, so pretty, uh, pretty impressive what they're doing right now uh, without an MVP type of player doing his thing. I've got a, I've got a D-backs gripe, though. Thingy, and here it is. The bullpen cart. I think McHugh, McHugh of Houston wrote in, in on it last week, and I believe he, that he he was the first guy. Not one Diamondbacks bullpen guy has used the cart. Why would you not use the bullpen cart when the team gave you a bullpen cart? Yeah, I know. Only visiting players. I saw Sean Doolittle used it last night. I love it. Um, uh, yeah, I do too. I, I'm going to find out. In fact, I'll probably do... Uh, I'll probably do an interview um, for ESPN Radio, uh, Buster Only podcast or something, and uh, and just ask some different bullpen guys about you know why or why not they uh, they're comfortable or not comfortable uh, riding the cart in. So yeah, that's really curious to me. I don't I don't I mean I can imagine you get your routine right, so you want to you know come out of the, the gates of the bullpen, you get your time to run in, you sort of have this timing as to your run stop around the, you know, infield dirt, edge of the infield grass, walk the rest of the way up, kind of gather yourself. But I think like anything, all it is is an adjustment to your rhythm and saying, okay, if I can adjust to this rhythm, hey, I save myself the jog in. I've already been warming up. You know, I save myself the jog in. I get dropped off at the cart, you know, over in front of the dugout. And then I can uh, jog a few steps or, you know, few yards, whatever I want to do, but I think it's just an adjustment there. I, I can't see any other reason as to why. Now, I'll tell you this. When I saw Colin McHugh riding in, I was saying, man, you need to sit in the front seat because sitting in the back seat, I mean, he was kind of turned around the whole time trying to look forward. <laughs> I thought the same like, thing. Wants to do that. Yes. Yeah, sit, sit in the front so you can see forward. You don't get you know car sickness or anything and throw off your, uh, your Audi. Here's the thing. It needs to look cool, right? Like, it's a great yeah. idea. I love it, but you're... But, when you sit on the back like that, now you need to sit front seat and be pounding your glove, and it needs to to look cool. But I think that I think if one guy looked look cool doing it, that the rest of the league would follow very quickly. I really do. Yeah, 
yeah, it just takes, you know, it's just going to take that that guy or two. I think Sean Doolittle, uh, being a guy that is obviously an established closer and, uh, you know, pretty respected him doing it, uh, just adds to what Colin McHugh did. But, yeah, I'm definitely curious to find out why. I mean, hey, I want to. I'd like to use it just to kind of take me from one side of the field to the other when I'm doing my pregame stuff. You know, I'll take it. I think the moral of the story here is pitchers are kind of weird and finicky, which is a good segue. We so one of our weekly guests for a number of years is uh, is former Twin, former Yankee Roy Smalley. He's he's been on baseball tonight in the '90s, and uh, Roy does uh, Twins games locally here. And we got talking about just stories from from the past about how pitchers would put pine tar in certain areas or how they would, and, and then more recently the sunscreen and rosin. And my question to you as a, as a hitter, is it, does it bother hitters the way that pitchers look to get grip on the ball? The, some of the pine tar stuff that we've seen the last few years and uh, sunscreen, bullfrog, uh, rosin gate. Where do you stand on behalf of hitters when it comes to pitchers trying to get an edge? Cause it seems like hitters don't complain a lot. No, I think it's more of, you know, keep it simple. You can't go out there and be all gooped up, you know, like Clay Buckholtz was a few years ago. And um, I think Vicente Padilla, I remember, I think he was pretty gooped up as well um, with it. You know, and then the pine tar that Michael Pineda had a couple of years ago, I mean, it was just, it was heavy and it was, it was pretty obvious. And I think whenever you see, um, you can kind of see it and it's, and it becomes, pretty obvious then you're thinking all right the guy's going more than for just grip on the ball and and safety he's going for an edge and that's where it becomes an issue you know i would think that you know in this whole debate conversation you would look at um you know perhaps temps you know if temperatures are below a certain um you know degree or above you know a certain degree um then you you kind of allow for it because of in the cold weather. Hey, you want that pitcher and hitters want that pitcher to have a nice grip. You don't want a fastball that ha- you know a baseball that hasn't been rubbed up real great and get in his hands and you know just kind of slide out and head towards the dome or towards the body. So you want him to have that. Um, and then when it's warm and guys are sweating a lot and everything else, and you see the rosin and, and everything else, you, you can see you know those extremes. But perhaps in the middle. Um, you know, and I guess baseball's into, you know, rules and adding more rules and, you know, policies and everything else. Maybe that's something that they look at in the future. Um, but I don't think it's necessary. I think if you just use common sense, stay within the spirit of the game, even though in the rule book it says, hey, you're not supposed to do it. Technically, we know it's a practice that, you know, has been um, in place for a long time. And quite frankly, it's 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 safer than I think it is guys not using anything, even if it does give them a little bit of spin rate. I know Trevor Bowers talking about, you know, Astros pitchers and increasing their spin rate um, and the difference. I mean, I, you know, I don't know about all that, but whatever, you know, like you said earlier, hitters aren't too concerned about it. Hey, during the course of your career, how many pitchers were you uh, convinced, uh, Chris, that cheated as opposed to, you know, try to, to help themselves a little bit. Was there a group of guys that, that you thought were just flat out trying to cheat? No, no, not at all. Um, you know, every now and then, you know, if a guy had nasty stuff one day, you would kind of like, man, what is that? You know, what's going on? That guy's, and usually it was a pitcher that um, in your on your own team in the dugout. And I, I don't know if this stuff sometimes is like, 
it comes from jealousy or envy, but usually it was a pitcher that would say something like, man, he's out there cheating. He's got something, you know, it's not, his pitch isn't supposed to be breaking that much. And you know it's nasty as a hitter, but you're in there to compete. And you're in there to just, uh, I mean, if it does, if it's doing some things that you've never seen before and a couple of hitters are, are talking about it, then that's when you get suspicious. But it, it, it's the whole gamesmanship and sort of etiquette, if you will, like you don't accuse someone of something unless it's it's like way you know a hundred and twenty percent sure that they got something going on. But because uh, you know once you start you point start pointing the finger, then all of a sudden it starts coming back on your guys and everybody's you know every team's got a guy that's doing something that's you know maybe on the borderline or at least interpreted on the other side. You know we talk about these unwritten rules. You know, and, and each team writes them the way they want to see them. So you start pointing the finger, it's definitely going to come back on your team. Yeah. Chris Singleton with us from ESPN Radio and, uh, and ESPN's platform is Mackie and Judd in the TCL Broadcast Studios. So uh, we a few weeks ago, I know we were talking about, at some point, we want to get some Hawk Harrelson stories from you. You spent three years playing for the White Sox in, in the early 2000s. Uh, Twins just took three or four from the White Sox last weekend. So what better segue? Do you have any any? Safe for radio Hawk Harrelson stories you can uh, share with our audience. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was trying to think what I could possibly share, so I'll try to be uh, very respectful in that way. You know, <laughs> first of all, I'd like to just, you know, congratulations to Hawk on just a, a storied career. I mean, this is a guy that's done everything, you know, from playing, from general manager to, you know, I think he was field manager for a little bit, broadcaster, um, you know, all, all the aspects of the game i mean he's he's touched on it he's been around a long time for so many years you know people either love him or hate him you know he's a homer biggest homer that uh still exists you know in in broadcasting and all that but it's been a great run and he's been the voice uh, of the white Sox for a long time and he's been you know voice that's uh put you know kids to bed that are now adults mature adults with families and and you know have, have grown up you know, loving that voice of Hawk. But I'd say, you know, one of the most memorable things, when you talk about a player and the relationship that they can have with their team broadcasters, uh, you get to know these guys. They travel. You're around them a lot. And uh, they get to know you. And sometimes it's you're not happy with the things they say, but more than not, they're, they're there to speak well of you and, and of the team and everything else. But I remember one of the things you never forget was uh, when my wife and I, we had our first child, and I missed a game because I stayed back in Chicago um, for the for the birth, and then I flew to New York and got there Saturday morning, you know, went straight to the ballpark, got the game, you know, hit a home run, and I'm circling the bases, and I, you know, remember seeing and listening to the highlight of Hawk, you know, telling the story of my wife having the baby, and then I hit the home run, you know, him saying, that one's for Sydney, you know, and it was the first time ever that my daughter's, um, name was ever mentioned publicly, and uh, you know, and so those connections that you have uh, with with announcers and other players, I know across the league, have had those over the years. So that's something I'll always remember: hitting for the cycle, um, and Hawk, you know, being on the call there, and and everything, uh, and Whippy Tom Pachorik, who was I think with them a few days ago. He was, yeah, uh, just a nice little group. Yeah, good sound there. But uh, but I guess I'll say this quick, Hawk. He's a guy, some people have different views, men do, on pajamas. Hawk is a full-blown pajama guy. Like, if you happen to see him 
take like room service out of his room. He doesn't leave his room on the road. Like this is a guy that's got so much personality, you'd think he'd be all over the place. Doesn't leave his room on the road. Wears pajamas and. If you happen to catch a glimpse of him putting his room service tray out, you'll see the full onslaught, like top and bottom matching whole deal. Like nice um, ones. I mean, Expensive, yeah, yeah. coordinate. I mean, it's yeah. He's 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 got some serious game about it. It's like almost Hugh Hefner type. I can see him rocking like Frank Thomas, uh, oh, like, like avatar pajamas. No, or you're something. saying like silk ones, the the smoking pajamas, the old school ones. <laughs> I think he's got a variety of them, but yeah, you know, Hawk never was. Uh, Accused of not having style. I mean, this guy wore some things to the ballpark when he was a player that, I mean, it was straight out of a magazine. And he's been in magazines. But, yeah, he'll never be uh, accused of not having style points. What's the most down that, that you ever saw him after a White Sox loss? Um, you know, angry. You know, just, you know, he, he, he always had that player's mentality, even in the booth. And, you know, if there was something going on, a guy gets buzzed. Um, you know, one of the home players. I mean, he's he's up there ready to fight. You know, he's ready to to uh, get into it. So more than anything, just the 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 competitive nature that he had and the backing of the team. And even though they weren't family members, I mean, he treated the team and the players like like they were his sons. And if regardless of uh, you know what was going down, if anybody tried to come against you know one of the players. Um, or the team, man, he's he's ready to go. He's ready. He's down there. He's angry. He's probably more angry than than that individual is. Um, so you, I don't know that you'll ever you know see that again. Um, the way that the game goes now. I mean, he's obviously uh, old school and just kind of a, an old breed and uh, kind of the last of his kind. Yeah, uh, I remember he he's man. He'll he'll single out guys. There was one. There was one. He'll. It could be. It can be John Lackey on an opposing team, or it can be. An error that was made by White Sox players, and he'll. I, I like that he tells it like it is when uh, when he gets mad on the air. But good catching up again, yeah. Chris Singleton. Gets, oh, go ahead. Yeah, and I'll say this: he gets the brightest red face of anyone I've ever seen after having a pop or cocktail. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, it's unbelievable. It's like you know he could uh, he could guide the sleigh tonight. You know, uh, with how red he gets. <laughs> That's awesome. It'd be kind of fun to, to put a cocktail back with Hawk Harrelson sometime. Um, we'll yeah. we'll catch up again next Friday, Thanks, man. Enjoy Phoenix. All right, guys. Thanks. All right, Chris Singleton. We didn't really talk Twins there, but that's okay. That's all right. Yeah, they'll have we'll have plenty of chances to talk Twins. The Hawk stories are great. Yes, pajamas. Uh, that's interesting. That's not surprising. I want him to have like pajamas with just obscure White Sox faces from years past, like guys from the eighties, nineties, like Black Jack McDowell. Remember that guy? Of course, Stanford. Jack McDowell. Jack McDowell. Stanford. Yeah. Greg Luzinski played for him. Oh, yeah. No, the, the 82 team, I think, that, that made the playoffs, I watched a lot, and that had some... Uh, who was the guy who was... Ron Kittle. That's a little before had, my time. He had a ton of home runs, and he was a... I think he was a relative flash in the pan, didn't play that long, but had a couple of years where he hit a ton of home runs. So Yeah, Hawk, I mean, Hawk was like... Because he came in late part. 80s, early 90s as the White Sox play-by-play man. And, they made um, him GM, you know. Yeah, before and it was, that, right? And it was a disaster. No, I think he was in the booth for him. And then I want to say that he was made GM for a year or two, and okay. it was a disaster. Yikes. Shockingly, he got mad and made, made moves that were probably not very smart at that. <laughs> Just irrationally trading everyone. Yes. Uh, Doogie's going to come in for a scoop session in like 45 minutes. Mackie and Judd. Bill Mackie, Judd Zogad. How long did the show last? More than seven hours. <laughs>
<laughs> Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Minnesota United back on the pitch at TCF Bank Stadium tomorrow. They'll be taking on the San Jose Earthquakes. Tune in 8.30 p.m. for the pre-match show with Brian Pyatt, followed by kickoff at 9. I believe those times are wrong because we would not play a 9 o'clock start. Hang on. I think it's a I 1 o'clock start tomorrow. Let me check. Yeah, it's 1 o'clock. It's 1 o'clock start. That means yeah. 12.30 pre-game with Brian yeah. Pyatt. 1 o'clock with Dan Terhar. See how I solve problems. 9, nine o'clock would mean that uh, Judd would, would be off in, in the a.m. That would give me the... Morning off no, from Saturday I, Sports I Talk. I said p.m. Oh, I yeah. just said a.m. No, that would be ridiculous. Okay, then Jeff. I wouldn't either. So, uh, yeah, o'clock. but that game is heard right here on 1500 ESPN. <laughs> that went very smoothly. I, I, I didn't feel. even listen to you. I'd like to apologize for that. I don't know what just happened, but. And by the way, I'm a moron. Ron Kittle. No, you don't have to explain it. Played ten, played 10 years in the big leagues. Now, he didn't play the entire time for the White Sox, but I, I said a potential flash in the pan or just about more. 10 years is not that. So. Ron Kittle, former White Sox, 10 years. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. Boy, what an idiot. Buffoon. <laughs> I t- know, you know your what? Ron Kittle today, trivia or go home. Today is a day on Mackie and Judd about accountability, about taking ownership for the things that are done wrong. All right, well, here's more. And flash in the pan is wrong. Here's more. 1500 ESPN vent line, which is just turning into Reavers and or Mackie and Judd vent line. Uh, Nick Nick tweets in two rants, one about you and one about me. Okay. Uh, Nick says, for, for, for me, every once in a while, you, Phil, will come across a phrase or a saying that you mash into every talker for a period of time. Um, I'm done with these phrases after the first five times you use them. For you, he says, Judd's strategy for every argument is to keep saying, you're not listening, or some combination of, no, my point Whatever. But my point is, yeah. We hear you, Judd. No matter how many times you say someone's not listening, your point is still mostly idiotic. Nick, you're not listening to me. (laughs) Nick, 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 my point is this. You're not listening to me. You have to listen to me. (laughs) On that note, let's throw it to Dave Harrigan, who's at the Players' Championship. Or is it just the Players? The Players. The Players' Championship. Scoreboard desk (laughs) with Dave Harrigan. You have to call the Players, because that's all capitalized. But then just championship is fine. I don't think we have to talk in hushed tones like we do at the Masters leaderboard. No, in fact, we could even just use like a totally different... Let's crank it. Yeah. Who's winning? Alligators and golfing. Currently, we have a tie atop the leaderboard. At 10 under par, you will find Charles Schwartzel. Six under for the day. Through 17 at 10 under for the tournament. Tied with Patrick Cantlay. Nine under par, you will find Chesson Hadley. Chesson Hadley is, is done for the high. day. Uh, then a group of three, or excuse me, now down to two at eight under par, you will find Jason Day and Zender Shuffle. Tiger's one under. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So who's going to make the cut here? Because there's a very good chance that I'm not going to give a damn about Saturday and Sunday. Well, Phil ain't going to make the cut. No, Phil's not doing well. Yeah, the cut line is minus one right now. So Tiger Woods is at it. He's got three holes remaining here. It looks like he has an 18-foot birdie putt, according to Tiger Tracker Twitter account. 18-foot birdie putt at seven. They teed off on the back nine. So he's at seven, excuse me, right now, which is his 16th hole. Phil Mickelson right now is plus five for the tournament, minus two for the day through 15. So I believe he will need three albatrosses to get on that cut line. But he looks great in that full button down. Three eagles. Put on a normal shirt, goofball. It is weird. Like, 
I don't know. It's, it looks like it looks like he's a. a it just it looks silly. Just get a normal shirt on, Phil. But I, I would think there's going to be controversy with like this. This apparently he co-owns this company. This is it the shirt company or is yeah, it just, he's got a stake in the company that makes the shirts, I believe, and is getting paid on top additionally to wear the shirts. Yeah, and he's going to shoot playing. six over par or seven over par and get bounced as one of the ten worst scores in the tournament. That's really good advertising I mean, for that new shirt. He looks look good, though. He does not look good. He I looks, think he looks good. I think he looks like an idiot. For a tubby, middle-aged yeah, white guy, what? he looks great. It should have been a black shirt. The light-colored yes. shirt doesn't do him yeah, any favors. Yes, yes. The black shirt would hide but, the sweat, too. But the part why of it, he's like sweating out this long sleeve. But why does it have sleeve. to be long sleeve? Like, looked, why can't we get a short sleeve look? It looks like he was at a wedding party. He's like four champagnes in, took off the sport coat. Yeah. And like, this is just the sweaty mess of an undershirt. And his wife and kids left. are embarrassed by his look. <laughs> but why wouldn't you have, why wouldn't it be short sleeve? Like, if it's short sleeve, I'd say, okay, it doesn't look great, but at least it's short sleeve. But you're playing in the Florida heat and it's long sleeve. You look, you just look silly. He's proving to the everyday man that you can work that eight-hour shift Friday at the bank and head right to the course. You don't need to change. That's a good point. If you want to play really poorly, sure you can. I mean, like, think about how often. I mean, do you ever think, oh, I'd like to go golfing today on a whim, but, oh, man, I don't want to have to go back home and change. Mm-hmm. That's definitely happened to me, I would say, a few times per summer every year that I've been golfing. And now, with Phil Mickelson's approval... I can wear my NBA Jam t-shirt and jean shorts to the golf course. I like your look more than his today. I do too. Thank you. Let's come back. Dave's got some questions. Any idea what those questions might be for us? Three really good questions that I'm going to come up with right now. That's a good point of mine right there. Uh, And then Doogie with a scoop in about 30 minutes from now. Inside info about our favorite local sports team. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 